All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast, huge episode as we dive into the sequel trilogy and The Force Awakens on the summer of Star Wars. We talk about some of the best shows on TV, like Dave, White Lotus, all kinds of things. Here we go, Nordy's podcast. And here we go. Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Super good. How are you? I am great. Can't wait to pod with you guys. Lots of things to talk about. Summer of Star Wars is uh, going crazy right now. So we get into the uh, pre the sequel movies. Sequels. Um, mm. We also have tons of shows. Um, some of the best Dave yet. Uh, and we got a lot of news for you guys. So great episode. But before we jump into this stuff, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also subscribe anywhere that you get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week. Yeah, and if you listen all the time and you've never introduced yourself on the IG DMs, shoot me one. And I'll say hi. I'll say, hey, thanks for listening. What's up? What's up with you? It'll be great. I love the interaction. Send nudes. Send nudes. Male, female, non-binary. You, you don't Some discriminate. of my favorite. That's a whole new world. Let's go. I want it all. All right, guys. So we have lots to talk about. But before we do that, we're going to dive into an interesting local beer. What are we drinking today? All right. So we are at our friends, Fair State. We love them. Uh, one of the best local breweries, as we all know. Um, and they did this like weird thing where they all went and like picked spruce tips, you know, like the new growth off a of pine tree. It's called foraging. For Yes. Well, forager would know. All right. Look, so this stuff is a... It's called Stranger in the Alps, one of the most beautiful cans I've ever seen. 5.1, so it's pretty chill. Um, and it's a lager with like lemon and these forage spruce, spruce tips. Um, what do you guys think of this thing? It's interesting. I don't think it's overwhelming. I, I thought it'd actually be, it's more lemon than it is uh, sprucey, but. I, <clears throat> I would think of those two flavors, the spruce would be a little bit more forward. And yeah. I, it's not. I think it's good. I think it's not that weird. I thought it would be weirder. I think it's just kind of nice. It's pretty mellow. I actually had a can of it this weekend, and I think it wasn't quite as cold as this, and I, for whatever reason, did not enjoy it as much. It's um, it's it's a pretty pretty chill beer. It's a crispy little beer. Yeah. Keep it cold. Yep. All right, guys. We have a bunch of things to talk about today, and uh, one place that we need to start is uh, with something called Happy Accidents. Betrayal and Greed, and that's a Netflix documentary that's coming out uh, with the dark secrets of Bob Ross. Can they not make this? Can we petition them? I don't want to know. Yeah. Like, what are they going to say about Bob Ross? Like, you guys have seen those memes where it's like the, you know, trinity of, of wholesomeness, okay? So you got, you know, uh, Steve Irwin is on there. Bob Ross is, of course, on there. Um, and you have uh, Mr. Rogers. And maybe there was a fourth. of Reading like, Rainbow Guy. Yeah, yeah. maybe LeVar Burton, right? Yeah. And you got this, like, these are the untouchables. Can you imagine if they, like, were all horrible people? I don't want to know that. You got to take them off Mount Rushmore now, you know? I think Bob, I know of my, like, list of people who must be protected. I don't want to drop names from that. I think Bob Ross is overrated. Uh, just because he's mostly, like, cult fame. Like, yeah. he could have easily just it's been just forgotten like, and it wouldn't have been a big deal. I'm not saying we should forget him, but, like, I just think it's, like, every high school and college kid is just like, dude... One it's so sick, Bob Ross. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Be ironic. <please>. Eric, <laughs> so many okay. of Eric's takes are like anti what is kid, what is like students are into. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If, if students mention something <laughs> and they're like expecting him to think it's cool, he's going to hate it. Just going to be like, you suck. That's stupid. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it. So, you know, I don't know how deep and dark these secrets could have been if they haven't bubbled up yet, but I'm going to avoid this thing like the plague. It's probably going to be so boring. 
I it's going to be I mean, like, yeah. he was pretty boring in real life, and he also passive-aggressively battled his family. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Yeah. He once, like, fired a, you know, on-set production <laughs> helper for getting him the wrong paints. Um, all right, so... That's kind of a big deal. If you if you got a painting show, yeah. the guy gets you the wrong colors, they got to go. Yeah. So, since we are officially canceling Bob Ross now, preemptively... <laughs> we Pre- need, I mean, it's best, because you don't want to be caught on the wrong side of history We here. need to fill his spot on the Trinity of Goodness, or whatever you called it, sure. um, with another person who deserves to be there and needs to be protected at all costs, and that is... Tony Hawk. You know what? That's perfect. Tony Hawk. Do a kickflip. He's perfect. We all love Tony Hawk. Yeah. Every everyone likes Tony Hawk, and he is getting his own documentary uh, about yeah. his life. Uh, who's doing this? So it's a uh, Duplass brothers. You probably know one of them is like doesn't do much acting, and the other one does. Mark Duplass. He was like in uh, the League, you yep. know, as like the cool guy that doesn't give a fuck. Um, but he that's like the dumbest thing he's done. He's really like a writer, producer, director, super artistic guy, does all this crazy shit with his brother. He does like weird horror movies and he does like romantic comedies and um, together. If you guys have watched Togetherness on HBO is really good. Anyways, he's they've done a bunch of shit and they're a production company and they are going to produce what's probably going to be a super entertaining and wholesome and awesome documentary about our guy, Tony Hawk, the Birdman. In 20 years, are we going to be talking about like Tony Hawk, pro hater. Yes. And like, oh. it, like <laughs> yeah. ex, an expose on like what an evil person Tony Hawk was behind the scenes. The and Duplass all that brothers will make a sequel. Be like, whoa, the shit we didn't know about. Let's go. God. Yeah. Well, you know what? You got to lead a perfect life out there. You're, you're big risk. I think, this will be, I think this will be really cool, though. Do you know what the coolest thing about yeah, Tony Hawk is? Yeah, I think Hawk I actually will watch this one. To me, the coolest thing about Tony Hawk is that he had, he was part of an X Games thing that doesn't exist anymore, skateboard vert doubles. Do you guys remember that? Yes. With the two skateboards and yes. the vert, him and Andy McDonald with the choreographed routine. What? It was yeah. the greatest thing. Was it just too dangerous, people? Or was it just like, wow, this actually is really stupid? Mm, probably both. Okay. I mean, they were just like going over each other. They just go up and then they do the same trick. And I think the, the tricks got so complicated <laughs> that it was hard enough to do your own single routine. Yeah. Routine. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, whatever. Skate run or I your don't run. Know. Yeah. Um, we the, are to, really don't know what the to hell like we're talking try about. and coordinate with another person, like, probably just became too much. Yeah. Well, that is interesting. Um, maybe they'll cover it. But I mean, he was like. He was in all the skate mags growing, like coming up, and all that he whole. Was culture. Legendary he was legendary by the time he was like sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like now I love his tweets mostly, like the tweets that go viral where he's like tells his stories about how people recognize him, but then don't. It's like, what are you skateboards on a plane? What are you Tony Hawk? And he's like, yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, so. We have a little shout out to give to, uh, we like to support local stuff, local businesses, and also friends of the podcast. So this uh, upcoming weekend is going to be Urban Jungle's Urban Flea Market, where a bunch of uh, local, I don't know. Vintage sellers. Vintage ske- sellers. Sneakerheads. Uh, yeah, streetwear. Are going to come. Vintage. Sell their stuff at Urban Jungle. It's going to be a really cool event. My brother, friend of the pod. Uh, Host, co-host of the pod yeah. when the p- purple starts back up. Yeah, he is having he's Luffflame Vintage on um, Instagram, so give him a follow. He has the most fire vintage shirts. Um, he's going to be there with his own booth, so uh, go check it out. It should be a lot of fun. We are not above nepotism here, no, at absolutely all. Absolutely not. No, I mean this is great. So I, I'll be there too. I think I'm going to get there like one and hang out for a couple hours. I'm going to bring lunch for the crew and just kind of chill. So yeah, maybe come by then and say hi to me too. 
yeah, get some cool gear. All right, guys. Um, next up, James Gunn coming off of his uh, big success with Suicide Squad, which we will talk about later, um, wants to do a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Ravagers TV show for Disney Plus. Does this interest you guys? Brilliant idea. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, if you guys watch the Guardians, especially in the second one, they really like dove into that culture. Um, I, was it Hudu? You Yandu? 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 Love Yandu. Yandu. Okay. Mary Poppins, y'all! Yeah. Like, great line, great character. Um, he did go out, which was it was really sad. Like, I almost, I think I maybe cried almost. It was, like, intense. Anyways, um, well, they introduced this whole, like, Ravager space pirate culture, pretty much. And there was different crews, and Sylvester Stallone was in, the head of one of them. And all these, like, famous actors and, like, heavy alien makeup were the other ones. And um, just really cool. So, I'm, I'm definitely into it. Um, there's a chance that he just wants his son, Sean Gunn, to, who was like second in command under Yondu pretty much to have like a nice, healthy, consistent role. Uh, you know, but that's, Hey, like we said, nepotism, we're into it. So I'm into it. I'm cool with any big director and any big actors, uh, who want to make TV. Yeah. No kidding. So I'm here for it. Yeah. James Gunn helming a TV show. I don't know if he's ever done, uh, TV recently, but you know the budget will be huge. the The characters will be perfect, yep. and I think a Ravagers type TV show would be possibly even more fun than Guardians movies. In, yeah, like just in general, like just really unlimited with what they can do. Don't have to take it too seriously, not at, you at know all. at all. Like just just kind of have a lot of fun with it and make it like kind of weird and gory. At t- like I don't know, maybe they'll take the training wheels off and and make it like. You know, <laughs> you you are not willing to say R rated. I love. Well, it. it's not R rated because yeah. the TV ratings are different. But yeah, you know, yeah, for, yeah. So TV that MA or MA, whatever. Yeah, like maybe maybe dial it up a little bit. I just can't imagine. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. They are going to make a Deadpool movie at some point that's going to be R rated. So uh, yeah, they got to do it at some point. Training wheels got to come off. It'll be fun. I'm okay. into it. I hope it happens. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'd say there's a 70% chance it happens. I think if he can... wants to do it, Disney's already talking to him about it. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up, Bad Batch Season 2 is uh, a go for uh, Disney+. Plus. So Bad Batch is like a, like a rogue group of stormtroopers in a cartoon Star Wars universe. If you've watched the shows, um, Clone Wars or Rebels, it's like the same uh, universe. I I mean, it's all in the Star Wars universe, but the same um, animated part of that universe um, with some characters from that show. Jim, you've said you've watched some of it. You didn't really like it. This doesn't really move the needle for you. Yeah, you just, yeah, that's what I... So, I... I I I watched like five and just quit. Maybe maybe a couple more, but just... Uh, it, you know, it's probably not even as good as Clone Wars, and I couldn't get through that either. So I just realized, you know what? I don't need to watch this. If something major happens, Tyler of Winterfell will let me know. I watched a lot of Clone Wars, and it was really good. But the the, the highs are really high, and the lows are really low. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it a little frustrating um, because it's like a hundred plus episodes, and like half of them are atrocious, and half of them are like peak Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to watch. Uh, uh, Rebels, which is more of the same. Like, there's just trash, and then there's like some of the best things you've ever seen in Star Wars. Well, do you have Tyler's Guide to Rebels? Yes. Like, okay. Yes. Yes. So he's helped helps. me with what to watch, what not to watch. That makes it a lot easier. So I think eventually I'll probably watch um, Bad Batch 2, but I'm not, for whatever reason, the characters don't really resonate with me. No, not at all. Nor should they. Which is why they made it a cartoon. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up, uh, going to Netflix, Stranger Things uh, with a little teaser that popped up. If you guys remember, it was supposed to come out this fall 
originally. Correct. Um, it's now been pushed back. It just says coming 2022. Um, based on the trailer, people are trying to guess when it's going to come out. And the two guesses um, are New Year's because there's some kind of thing that could be interpreted as New Year's in it. And then Valentine's Day is the other one. Oh, there's you think it's going to be early 2022 More now. people think it's going to be Valentine's Day now. It's okay. kind of the guess that it will come out for Valentine's Day. Dude, they don't drop anything in January and, and February. Like, no, sh- all the shitty movies get dumped there when they're like, their studios are like, hope nobody notices this one. I think that um, Stranger Things is a slam dunk for Netflix. Yes. And so I think they could just drop it Anytime they want, and they know everyone will watch it. Yeah, everyone will watch it. Everybody that's ever watched any of it, plus the new fans. Yeah, I think the the teaser was cool. I'm into it. I'm excited. It's been a long time. Like, these kids, the next season, maybe this season they filmed a while ago, and the kids will look relatively normal. The next season they do, the kids will look 30. Yeah, they might be 30. They might be, right. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's interesting. So, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I'm into it, though. I care. I for sure care. Stranger Things is, like... uh, I think it like changed television. I think um, when I when I think of binge binge watching a show and like the idea of that, I think of Stranger Things. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I mean, it's one of the original bingeable big drops that like it came out on you know around Halloween and took everybody by storm. Everybody in the nation had watched it within three four days. And I remember <clears throat> us as a podcast and probably think people collectively in general didn't really know what to do with it, like yeah. because. It was the like really the first time a major like big budget studio TV show was like here's all of it right and we were sort of like ah, do we watch like two a week or like what's <laughs> do I the pace plan? myself oh shit I just watched yeah. all of it oh Fuck. my god it's I two a.m. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> see I I think what's fun about those shows though is that like I find myself not wanting to hear about it so I have to watch it. Yeah, I'm like someone's gonna spoil it for me. If oh I my god! Just watch the whole thing. The internet thing. is brutal, so I need to just keep going. I have to power through it, and so it's like it's kind of like getting a good video game where you're just kind of like, well, for the next week, I'm gonna spend a lot of time playing this game and yeah. just beat the whole thing. Yeah, and if you take a break, you'll never come back to it. I can't finish <laughs> games anymore. It's crazy. Okay, uh, sticking with Netflix, they reportedly have delayed the release of the movie Blonde. What do we know about this? All right, so do you guys know who Ana de Armas is? Yes. Yes. She is one of the most beautiful women in the world, let alone actresses. And she was in Knives Out, a couple other things, uh, mostly known for just being incredibly beautiful, although I'm sure she's very talented. So, like, she made this movie about, uh, who's the blonde bombshell from the Marilyn Monroe? Yeah. Okay. And, dude, they put her in makeup and dye her, like, hair. She looks fucking perfect. Like, almost up there with that Lily James doing Pamela, which it's, is coming up for Hulu, right? It's uncanny. It's crazy. She yeah. looks, I mean, there's, all, all there is, they haven't released anything. All there is is, like, you know, fucking pop, paparazzi shots. Still shots. And it looks perfect. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Netflix was making this big biopic for, for her and... It was going to be this awesome movie. Uh, and then they like just like they, they, you know, spiked it. Right. They just, oh, it's not coming out now. We'll decide later. And I guess the, you know, the street word in the street is it's too sexual for something to be to drop on Netflix, which is like, yeah, shouldn't it kind of be? <laughs> this is- Didn't she like bang like Joe DiMaggio and like JFK and RFK and TFK and CFK? I mean, didn't she get them all? <laughs> Here's my thing. Do you know what I think this is? I think this is the greatest example of guerrilla marketing in movie history. Nobody was going to care if they just dropped it randomly. No one would have given a fuck about this movie if they would have just dropped it. Now, every single 13 to 24-year-old boy will be watching this movie. You know what? (laughs) 
I bet the movie blows. one of them. It's probably horrible. So now they're just like, every kid is like, every young kid is going to be like, the second their parents leave the house is going to be like, blonde. Yeah. <laughs> got my Kleenex over here. Got Yeah. Okay. Just, okay. We get it. Um, yeah, man. I guess, you know, of course, we'll all have to check it out. and For the pod. For the, yes. For research I mean, purposes. This, yes. This is trying to give the people the content that they want. Yes. And so we will do that. Uh, but I think it might be next year, if ever. Who, who knows? It's, they do not have a release date now. I will say for guerrilla marketing, I like this better than the Vin Diesel family mm-hmm. memes that oh, are circulating everywhere. Family. Family. Yeah. I we agree. Fa- we family. Okay, next up, uh, why the Last Man trailer dropped. What do we know about this? Dude, have they been trying to make this comic book for like ever? I feel like we were talking about why The Last Man, maybe when we started this podcast, that they were going to adapt it. So FX, I think, makes fantastic television outside of like Netflix and HBO Max, still one of like the absolute best studios for making TV. Um, they've been trying to make this forever, and we got a real trailer. It's real. It's happening. It's It, it actually looks great. I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but this, the comic book story, it's like all the men on the planet just drop dead, and then it's like, you know, half the population's left. It's the women. They're, you know, trying to pick up the pieces and figure it out. Things are so organized. Things are really organized and peaceful and mostly just happy. Yeah, but, you know, not so much. <laughs> like, uh, they're all pretty much killing each other. So, you know, like any good thing, like you think, hey, man, this is going to be a lot of female characters, uh, which, of course, it is. But the main character is a guy because that's how they like to do it. There's one guy and he is he is the last man with the Y chromosome. So I don't know. I haven't read it. I don't know much about the rest of it, but that's the premise. And it looks like top notch production and um, not a ton of actors we might know, but that doesn't bother me because it just looks like they've they have the money there. So I'm excited about it. I will definitely watch it and let you know. I think it's going to still be a few months out. Um, but the trailer looked really, really promising. This is the perfect example of why the JC3 exists. Yeah, I got to give this to JC3. For Eric's and my benefit, as well as the listeners, because mm-hmm. you'll go in open-minded. First two episodes, you'll either kind of give it a, a, yeah, I'll go for the third one, and yeah. then you'll quit, or you'll say it's amazing. And and I'll come going. back, yeah. and I'll say, look, you guys, this is not that good. I'm not recommending it. And then I'll continue to watch the whole series, <laughs> even when it's bad. That's what I do. Sweet tooth. There you go. Um, I don't care. You should, but that's fine. I do. Maybe if you'd watch the trailer every once in a while, you'd get a little <laughs> bit more context for what Jimbo's talking about. All right. Uh, next up, we have impeachment from American Crime Story. This is going to be the Bill Clinton impeachment story. Um, you're pumped about this, Jim. So this is, we talk about Ryan Murphy a lot because he makes so much goddamn TV. It's everywhere. So this is another thing that he's been doing and he's made, okay, so he made the, sh- was it Chanel that got killed in front of his? Gucci? Co- Gucci. No. So- um, Eric, you know Versace. 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 Yeah. Versace. Okay, so that was the last one. That one was okay. I, I don't even know if I finished it. But the first one with OJ was one of the best se- series of television I've ever seen. It was fantastic. It's perfect. It's yeah. amazing. Um, and so this is the, the third one in that series, and it's going to be impeachment. Monica Lewinsky. So we got Beanie Feldstein, who is in like Booksmart, and she's like, uh, she's Jonah Hill's sister. She's Monica Lewinsky. And God damn it, if I can't can't remember who who's Bill, but somebody awesome is Bill. Daryl Hammond. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> Dude's off the rocker. I hope not. Um, I don't know, but it's a big actor. You, if you want to look it up, go for it. But it doesn't really matter because this is going to be must watch. I think it's going to be really strong. FX, again, making really, really interesting and different TV. This will be hard R rated. There will be cigars. I'm excited. Clive Owen. Clive Owen. That's a big time get. Uh-huh. So I'm into it. Um, of course, I will 
watch the first three and let you know, but I think this is probably day one. It will be interesting to see his accent, like how he does, <laughs> like Clive Owen, a British person, does an Arkansas. Arkansas. He's like, intercepted yeah, right. by warlords. Yeah. <laughs> I All did right. not yeah. have this this chicken nugget intercepted by warlords. Oh, you're doing the Phil Hartman impression. <laughs> yeah. When he's walking around McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's yeah. From his jog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dude, he had to eat so much food. <laughs> Is there going to be some saxophone playing? I don't know. But it's going to bring us right back to when, you know, politics was mostly harmless. Hmm. Okay, um... Also, White Lotus season two is being discussed now. Um, seemed like this is supposed to be a one season thing. Uh, what do you guys think about this? I mean, it's we say this all the time. We've said this about uh, things get popular. Yeah. The studio sees the dollar signs and they churn out trash for yeah. beyond when it when it needs to be. There's no such thing as a real quote limited series that's just to get people on board and being like well what's my time commitment here it's one season you know good or bad i'm not going to get sucked into something that then like gets bad in season three and then i have to quit and i'm pissed right well either that or they they don't have a plan for a second season until like they see the numbers yeah and then the studio's like hey hey hold on hold on come back to the table yeah let's talk about this here's some directions we could go and then the writers you know they slide the number across the table on the piece of paper and the writers and producers directors or whatever like yep. okay. it's a big number yeah let's go it's kind of hard to say no and i don't have another job yet so uh well it's like big little lies right everyone's like hey we gotta watch big little lies it's got all these major actors and actresses it's a limited series it's based off one book front to back um this is must watch tv and then everybody watched it and then they're like season two run it back this, there's no such thing as a limited series there's only like unpopular and popular series i think the only way it's a limited series is if there's literally like one book on the topic uh but oh, Big Little Lies had one. Yeah, i mean it's it, true it, it, whatever it happens anyway so um i was thinking i don't like know i'm objects. really enjoying white lotus i don't know that i want to just like watch this forever i feel like i'm in it to see what this weird conclusion might be of this season but if I, they like run it back with all different people different I, story I think that's the only way to do it yeah okay so they do it like anthology yeah, in new, which case I would be more into it. New actors and actresses, similar type of story, like a like a weird vacation paradise mystery. Kerfuffle. Yeah. And you could go anywhere in the world, you could have any types of people, you could have any type of mystery and Yeah, like maybe do it like at a Norwegian you know, hotel like in like the a, snow or yeah. something like that. Yeah, how about like an Alaskan cruise? Yeah. You know, Ooh, like, I like just that. something totally different. Yep. Where it's like the same kind of thing. Rich family, rich people, weird people, and the the help and some kind of weird mystery ensues. I, I'd be into that type of thing, but I don't want them to like write more story. And the difference is though, and and you you saw this with Noah Hawley and, and Fargo, is that it's hard to recreate the magic, right? I mean, you may strike lightning yeah. once, maybe twice, and then it starts to get a little bit difficult to find that same chemistry, right? Yeah. That same like on-screen like like voraciousness that that is you know coming off the screen from all these characters and like these people are very likable and these are very hateable and then like you get these big names true detective season two perfect example yeah we had tons of big names true detective season three again more big names eh yeah eh diminishing returns yeah um is it a problem that it's literally named after the Hawaiian resort is it gonna be like White Lotus colon Alaskan princess no like I I don't I think that you just then just say it's now just the name of the you series. just own yeah. the, fro- own the <laughs> yeah. phrase yeah. yeah and so i i think that um 
the one mistake that they make is when they don't have a plan to run it back, but they decide dollar signs, I need to run it back. Um, what ends up happening is they do the storyline. We've all got to go back like lost yeah, yeah. style, yeah. you know, yeah. like we, we've got to go back, return to the scene of the crime. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah. then they all have to go back for some weird reason, which would never happen. Completely convoluted. And yeah. then I'm already, already out. checked out. I'm like, yep. okay, fuck this show. This the whole is a premise. You got to watch out for the, you got to have a good premise. Unless it's least. named outer banks. And then which you will ride or die for John B. Great premise. Absolutely. <laughs> kids looking for gold in uh, in the Outer Banks. It's perfect. Hot adult kids looking for gold. <laughs> Hot children that are adults, mind yeah. you. Um, are finally, Matt Stone and Trey Parker of uh, South Park, um, Book of Mormon, and more fame. Uh, Gotta mention Team America. Team America, <laughs> basketball. Is that what's called? Ooh, yeah, basketball. Yeah. Sleeper. America! Fuck yeah. yeah. So... Matt Stone and Trey Parker, they get the bag here. They got the bag bag. So They've they... been getting the bag, and now it's like <laughs> two total goofballs. It seemed like they don't even spend their money are richer than you can imagine. $900 million over the next few years to do six more seasons of South Park and 14 more movies from Viacom. I mean, that does represent a lot of work that they do like all themselves. Like For they sure. still do all the writing, all the voices. Um, I don't even know. They probably, I guess they maybe don't do the animation. That's probably all they don't do. So mm. I get it. It's a lot of work and, and nothing happens without those two. Um, I don't know that I care about this upcoming work though. Like, I don't think that I'm going to be helping CBS recoup this money. I think that um, South Park is probably the best cartoon ever, but um, it's not like appointment viewing like it was 10 years ago. Right. Like in the past, it was so good and so funny and so cutting edge. And now, like if you were to turn it on, you'd probably enjoy it most of the time. Um, But it's not like something that you have to watch. I think that now the guy at the office that still talks about the new South Park is the weirdo. Yeah. Like, it used to be like, oh, you didn't see it? Okay, well, we'll just keep talking. The cool people over here, you hang out over there. Now it's like, the guy about the fucking South Park again. Nobody even watches that. So it's come a long way down at this point. I did watch the uh, Lord of the Rings episode mm-hmm. the other day. Great. It's so brilliant. Is it? Yes. So what, oh, did they have a new just, like, episode where the kids did their, like, because that's older episode, isn't it? It was very old. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. When they were peaking. Yeah. Yeah, that was good shit. All right, guys, it's time to move on to Hot Rex. And you guys both already watched The Suicide Squad, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, my plan is to see it this week. I'm going to go see it in theaters, even just by myself. That's cool. Um, what did you guys think? Tell me on this movie. Uh, <laughs> I think I have to. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the reviews are in line with what I experienced. Good reviews, wacky, huge, violent, unexpected, uh, twisty entertaining a movie number one has to be entertaining and i think it was that for sure um you know i don't think it was necessarily like a masterwork. um i get why it's almost 100 percent fresh like i don't see who's gonna watch this movie and be like nope they didn't make a really fun exciting comic book movie like nope that's not what that is it is what it is and they nailed it i don't i sorry i don't see how uh dc struggles so much to make good movies when James Gunn like literally like laid out a blueprint of like this is what you need to do maybe they don't have to be as violent when they make movies because this is obviously intentionally kind of gory yeah shock Um, value and yeah yeah it's a graphic novel in that regard right yeah 
Of course. But right. man, this is a, I was telling you guys off air, like this is a five point harness movie where just buckle up. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. It's going to be the wildest ride you've ever been on. Um, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, without spoiling anything, I think this is Harley Quinn's best movie. Yeah. Um, easily. Yeah. Um, it's taking some comic book characters that are unknown and completely ridiculous and make them, you care about them and yeah. like them and enjoy them on screen. I mean, James and- Gunn literally was like, all right, let me go to like this BuzzFeed article where they like everybody vote ranker or whatever and voted on who's the lamest DC characters of all time and took like two of them. Like Polka Dot Man is, con- is considered the worst and he was one of the best characters in the movie. Yeah, it was great. Um, awesome. I'll say this that like when I was first watching the first act, I was like, maybe this isn't going to be quite as good as I thought. Like it was just kind of all over the place and this pacing was weird and I wasn't all that into it. And then the second act was that much better and the third act was like almost pure movie perfection so it's one which is nice to see it's one of those movies that actually gets better as opposed to like first act is really awesome second act holy shit third act that was a weird ending like that eh, yeah kind of fell off or right? first but, act was like oh my god and second act you're like oh god yeah. like put me to sleep how many movies were like okay dr strange so great and then it's like his thing with dormammu and you're like yep here it is the climax uh, marvel yeah. really suffers with that like yeah. yeah i mean look at black panther great 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 all right goofy final act look right at black widow Look at Black Widow. Yeah, absolutely. Got to crash on a space station. All this shit. They a lot of directors and writers have trouble sticking the landing, but overall, you give it a pass because it was entertaining, especially the early sequences or whatever. This and, and final was, action was scene was yeah. just great. I was just a huge smile on my face the whole time. Loved it. Um, also, John Cena, magnetic. Like just, <laughs> yes. just a, a wonder. He's like um, he's the perfect is, person. Is he a big they wrote deal? this for him. Um, no, because he's really. too niche. Yeah, he's not. Like he, I get that he's cut, but he's not handsome like The Rock. Um, but is he good? He can't play that many different characters. Yeah, I think. He, yeah, well, I think he was good in this movie. Okay. Um, like like Dave Bautista as Drax. In, yeah. in kind of a totally a, just like different that. way, but like same kind of Which concept. James Gunn also wrote and directed that, right? So like you get some of those. James parallels. Gunn likes wrestling. He does, and he he, know, he knows where to find these fucking people that look the part. And then he, whatever, dude. I want to work with him because you could take me and I, in one of his movies, you guys would be like, "Holy shit, Jim, you're a great actor." I can't believe he can just do it, man. He just like Pete Davidson was in it, and he was great for the very small amount he was in it. Um, all right, we don't want to get too deep into spoilers. What was your Rotten Tomato score, Ryan? Uh, ninety-seven. Wow. <laughs> and that uh, might even be low. That's like strong. I might be. I might be nitpicking at that point that's crazy uh i'm gonna give it a 93 really really fucking strong um really fun can't wait to watch it again i'm gonna watch it again this week yeah because it's long and it's got a lot going on and i was watching it in a group of folks people came over it was really fun but i was like drinking and people were getting up and talking so i gotta watch it again can't wait um gotta focus a little bit yeah just see all the shit i missed so dude absolutely loved it eric you are in for a treat my friend can't wait all right, uh, Ryan, you watched HBO Max's Obama documentary. I think it's a three-part documentary. What did you think? Yeah, it's a three-parter, but it's like three movies. It's like the first one's like an hour and a half. The second one's like an hour and 45, and the last one's like an hour and 50. So it's a, you're in for a long ride. Hefty. Yeah. Yep. But there's a lot to tell, and it doesn't feel like uh, six hours you know, or five hours worth of content. You're, you, you learn about where Obama came from, you know, like his... Uh, yeah, he's born in Africa, right? It's Kenyan. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Kidding, everyone. I'm joking. Please. He was infiltrated with Al Qaeda. Yeah. No. Um, Hussein. Excuse me. But so, like, it, it's really interesting. To, like, you know, he talks about his mom a lot. Um, mm-hmm. As she was kind of like the primary caregiver eventually for him. He talked about like school in Hawaii, like grade school. Um, he talk, talks about like why he decided to go to like Occidental University and then why he decided to transfer to Columbia and, you know, and then meeting Michelle, then moving back to Chicago, deciding to get involved in community organization, running for state Senate, running for a state representative, which he lost. Mm, wow. And then deciding like, all right. This is it. Last last thing we're going to try and run for a campaign, and then we'll go get real jobs. Um, was his running for the the Illinois Senate seat? Um, Crazy. And then you know, and just then he kinda, did that big DNC speech. Yep. And, and then, then he was, was he was the you know that, that they really highlighted that aspect of the DNC identified like a rising star mm-hmm. in Barack Obama, and then he gave that uh, the keynote speech yeah. at the Democratic National Fucking Convention in two thousand and four. I think was when he did it. And like everyone was like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. This guy should be pressed. You know what I mean? It just sort of like evolved from there. Like it just kind of spiraled out of control from their perspective because all of a sudden they were like uh, locally known in Illinois. But then all of a sudden it was like, I can't go get an ice cream cone yeah. you know, with my kids anymore because there are people like, you know, flocking me. And then, and then you know, it talks about his presidency. So, you, I mean, you basically divide it up kind of into three parts of like um, his early years and then like his Illinois years. And then the presidential years. And it's really interesting. Like, it's, it's, he's such a compelling character and, or like, individual, um, you know, that we don't, you, you don't get a peek behind the curtain for people like that that often, like this in depth. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they did an excellent, it's an HBO documentary, so they kill it, of course. Yeah. Um, and you, you get this really, like, great in depth look, and, and there's lots of commentary from, like, friends and activists that thought he didn't do enough, and, like, professors of university. And, and of course, they're all people of color, so they have, like, a vested interest in, in what Obama did, and, like, some friends and stuff like that. It's, it's a really great watch. Um, especially thinking about when he was president, what politics were like, and then what they are now, like how much of a dichotomy, you know, like we've, uh, we've skewed into a tangent, you know, like of like from back to the future, like Biff Tan and stuff. So anyway, really, really highly recommended it, highly recommend it to anyone who is interested in learning about more about former president. 2008, right? That's when he won. And he was the night he actually like did his prime, you know, he won the primary. Mm-hmm. The votes came in enough to the point where he gave his speech in St. Paul. In St. Paul at XL. So I was there and Jess and I wanted to get in and we were really involved in politics at the time. You know, young people have a lot more energy. Um, and so we were there and we had volunteered. And so we were right up in the front. And like Jess's claim to fame is that my wife's is that like Obama was coming by and like he had given his speech and he was shaking everybody's hand. And, you know, he like shook my wife's hand, hopped over mine, got the next guy. So I got no Obama love, but Michelle brought up the rear and I got got a little Michelle action, but uh yeah, Jess Jess always hold that. If he would have skipped my hand, I would have just got the back of his hand while he shook the next person's hand. Yeah. <laughs> or you like so you're the guy at the rock show that's just like trying to touch like Gene Simmons no, is no, like no boom. one else. No one else. Okay. That's him. Um, I just picture Eric like pushing through the crowd to get further down yeah 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 let me <laughs> try get out, of my way. get out of my way let me try one more time um, like didn't i uh just all right. see there you guys have been watching the prince where can we watch this and wait is it ryan did you watch some too i did Worth oh it. okay uh it's on hbo max and i wonder what the animated group is i feel like i recognize how it's animated but it's like a hard r-rated 
it's, it's very brutal. short and weird episodes. They're like, I watched one the other day, it was like 11 minutes long. Like, all right, that's yeah. cool. It's over. The, the episode right. lengths vary significantly. Yeah, which I love. And um, it's really, really fucking funny. I think that's... So it's like the actual royal family by name. Yeah. And like Meghan Markle and whatever is nuts are like in LA. Harry. Okay. And the funny thing is like, I feel like if I knew more about this family or I was like some of this like American women are so semi obsessed with the royal family, I would probably love it even more. But I don't even hardly know who they are. And I still think it's so fucking funny. I think it's really funny for all of the characters except the prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind like, of annoying, but like he's like a bad like Stewie, gay almost. riff of Stewie. Yeah, like yeah, in yeah. a way. Do you think it's Seth MacFarlane? It almost looks like it could fit in there. I don't know, but e- either way, yeah. I, like the way that they portray the queen and oh, the and the, the duke, I think, or the, I don't. He's not the king, but whatever. Yeah, we don't and Edward or something. We I sure. literally don't. It's, I'm sure people. Are well, you don't know because like, wow. they, they don't let him talk. Well, the yeah. other, the other <laughs> thing is, they just have like, him like comatose. Whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing is, is that that the queen is one of the longest serving royals ever. Right. Over 60 years, like 65 years at this point. And so uh, you haven't like the family is so backed up that like people are fourth in line to the throne and they're like in their 20s right now. Yeah. You know, like it's crazy. She just won't die. Yeah. She's just lived forever. Speaking of which, Eric, isn't that your claim to fame? You saw the queen in her little car. I did see oh, the yeah. queen. Yeah. I did see the queen. Um, so you almost shook hands. I mean, look, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. It's just like a show that you will probably get a couple laughs out of. Um, it's over the top and pushes shit way too far. And I mean, I don't know if anybody has to really worry about the royals and how they feel about stuff because they're just sort of above it all. Like they are literally, they are, uh, you know, above the common people. That's how England is set up. So fuck them. But it is brutal, brutal on them. Dude, the, the Kate Middleton and uh, Prince Charles Oof. portrayals are hilariously... Yeah mean yes <laughs> like <laughs> they're honestly so prince, mean to both of prince them. william or prince william sorry yeah. sorry prince william like the, like they almost like take somebody that you think should be like a big role like prince william is like a big deal there and they make him like a nothing like a fucking loser nobody it's literally caricatures yeah i mean the, even the way they draw him yes. is a caricature like yeah. it's what you'd see like that spray paint you know from the state fair yeah. kind of thing so it's it's good it's fun um, didn't think I, I had zero expectations. Hadn't heard anybody talking about it. Just fired it up. It's got a bunch of big talent in it. Obviously, it's uh, the, it's the perfect show for like if you just watched like something serious like The White Lotus or whatever, and you're like, I kind of want to turn off my brain and watch something silly. Yeah, it's the perfect show for that. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. It's definitely a wreck. All right, guys. Next up, we have Outer Banks season two. I've been watching Outer Banks because it is. One of my favorite shows on television. And I can tell you, I've watched all of season two, and it is hot garbage. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's so perfect. It is like junk food television. It is the ultimate turn off your brain and just let them give you some absurd storyline every five minutes for 10 episodes. It's, yeah. the, it's the caramel corn of TV. Absolutely. Where you're like, you're like, I just finished that whole bag and I didn't need to. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it is, it is, it's kind of bad. Like, there's just yes. scenes that I'm just like, Man, this was such a stupid scene, but it's just great. It's like hot 27-year-olds that are pretending to be 17-year-olds, and they're just on a treasure hunt, and there's nothing better than like a youthful treasure hunt where there's like pretty much uh, like Scooby-Doo villains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like Scooby-Doo villains and 
They <laughs> just have no reason for the things that they're doing. And there's just so much treasure everywhere. The, yeah. And, and like, I don't know. It's just, it's a blast. The and, writer's room there is like, it's a, they, okay, they've written together. This writer's room has written a tense scene. They're like, okay, we got these characters in this situation. It's very tense. You know, it needs to sort of play out like this. And then like, they'll be like, okay, now how can we make it even crazier? And then they'll be like, the ideas will come in and everybody should say, no, that's stupid because nobody would ever do that in this situation. And they go, but would it make it crazier and more intense? And they go, yes. They go, print it. Let's go. So like, you know, they're like filming this murderer and they're like, we got the murderer on, on camera, you know, and they're like behind him. They're like, dude, we got it. We got the shit on film. And then one of the girls stands up and goes, hey, murderer, you're a murderer. Oh, pretty bad. <laughs> and I'm like, why would she do that? Yeah, why? And of course they go, why would you do that? And then she goes, fuck him. He's a murderer. Like, yeah. okay. All right. So now they're running from the murderer. So it's just incredibly stupid. I'm so glad I quit after one episode. You shouldn't be. And you, it's fine. But I don't you think can you quit or watch happy. it. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. A lot of people are watching it. It is not a good. It's not a great show, but it's it's entertaining, and so that makes it good because that's all TV has to be. It's really fun. And here's what I will say: the only reason that the show works is because you believe in their friendship. I think is the only reason that this yep. show works. They really feel like friends and they really feel like they care about each other. And they really feel like the, that this is the, everything with their friendship is the most important thing to them. And so I think like, that's the one thing that makes the show feel the camaraderie. Yeah. They, like yeah. their friendship is such a great part of the show that it holds together just pretty bad writing <laughs> and just hectic storyline. But in the end, it's just a show about, friend and i think that's what makes it good so yeah. i would definitely wreck this show but go into it with the right attitude like if you were looking for some high-end tv this is not that the 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 serious scenes are poorly acted the the script is just chaotic but what a good time you know I'm, i want to give a shout out to our friend pete hybrid who's a listener and, and friend of the show uh he like is posting stuff like he hates himself because he's watching it <laughs> i just want to let you know buddy it's okay it's okay to watch it you know it's bad we know it's bad enjoy yourself Everyone who watches it knows it's bad. You are in on the joke, and you are just watching sexy Goonies soap opera. Sexy Goonies. It's actually, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, All right, guys. Uh, Next up, White Lotus. Uh, We've talked about it briefly here already. We don't need to go really deep into it. Um, But I think it's like four episodes in now, five as of uh, the beginning of this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Where does this rank on the best shows on on TV right now? It's title belt. Well, here's the... Which is saying a lot about new hot tv dave i guess is probably title bell but it's right after that i would say here's the the best part about the show is we actually don't know yeah like you can kind of speculate and maybe see where it's going and you're like okay this show is going to keep going and get better but it might fall off the rails really quickly Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like where you're like okay they overdid it here but i feel like i feel like they've done a really good job so far Mm -hmm. but we nothing's really happened yeah. In a weird way. Like, things are happening, but nothing's also happened it's, at the same there's time. There's about as much action as you would ever get at a resort never leaving. You know. At a, the, at a full scale. The, the, uh, an event is like you got drunk at the bar and said something silly to somebody, and that may come back and get awkward later. Like, it's a pretty low uh, stakes show as agreed. of so far. Agreed. Um, but it's, you know, the craziness is ramping up, and the pacing has been awesome. 
And these individual scenes have been great. Like they just introduced, you know, there's like this douchey bro, rich guy character um, who, who's been great, by the way. Hate Super him and hateable. love him. Like, yeah. yeah. Love, to, love to hate him. Um, his mom comes in to their fucking honeymoon, which is my nightmare. And I feel like that's <laughs> something that would could have happened to me. And she's the worst. Not uh, my wife doesn't listen to this. It's all good. So anyways, the wife, the mom is Molly Shannon just shows up and kills it. Just owns every fucking scene. Um, I don't even know. There's supposed to be a murder at some point, And I just hasn't happened. And I you keep saying to not that. Care. I don't know if there is going to be. I, one. Well, they showed them loading a box into the plane the first season, first scene of the show and be like, yeah, somebody died at our re- or somebody was murdered at a resort there there's her body so that's all we know that's because you're believing the characters yeah that might be the twist so um shamaleon yeah no shit so (laughs) interesting pronunciation dude i'm into it that's always sunny uh is it that's what they went for so dude i think dave is i mean dave has got so good so that's my favorite show right now white lotus i still watch it sunday nights like i'll probably fired up later tonight it's still a wreck it's a wreck dude it's definitely a wreck it's just really really crispy writing and and really fun performances and a, a tone that i don't know if i've ever seen i mean it's really really interesting mix of like funny and dark so. I, I forget his name every time but the the main host guy of the resort is a star one of the best star. characters on any television show i've ever seen yes yes he's good all right, guys, show. you mentioned it already, uh, but Dave is the best show on TV right now. And episode nine, season two, Dave, was the best episode of TV I've seen in, in some time now. Mm-hmm. And for sure, the best Dave episode ever. Um, you know, I still loved the Gata episode, which wasn't even a full Gata episode from season one. Yeah, um, but anyways, great. this was so great. It's Dave going to, you know, try to work with Rick Rubin, legendary not even just rap producer, but rock producer. You can look him up. Um, just music. Just supposed to be yeah. a strange, enigmatic figure, anyways. Uh, eccentric and a loner, and you kind of come into his world in order to work with him, and that's what we got to experience. And you know why this episode was so good? Because it was a bottle episode with Dave. And, it was. And Lil Dicky is magnetic. He's so fun to watch. I think that this show is one of the most interesting shows on television because it's like somebody. Um, it's like somebody doing therapy with themselves, right? So it's like it's like someone is the therapist and the patient for themselves in the most honest and public way that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That it's uncomfortable and it would take an absolute egomaniac or the bravest, most creative person or all of the above to make something like this. And so, oh, I don't, yeah, yeah, I think it's they're, so they're in, personal. I think about, he's admitted that multiple times. Yeah, it's so in episode nine. It's yep, so yeah. personal. It's so private. It's so like <laughs> egotistical. Mm-hmm. It's just everything. It's so perfect how he does it. Well, it's also the antithesis of like everything Hollywood people stand for, which is like. Oh, we got PR, we got damage control, yep. you know, oh, you say my account was hacked. Like, this is... We may pick one vulnerability to make public the right way to garner, you know, uh, sympathy to yep. play at this angle. Exactly. He's just, like, laying everything out about All his of it is on the table. ...life, and, you know, yeah, it's... He's an interesting man. I mean, literally, like, the first episode of... high the, art right now. The, the first episode of, like, season one is him talking about, like, his problem with his penis yeah like all of the which is not a, not not a lie like no his I, and, dick and, is fucked up and then like eric was saying with episode nine it's laying out like his mental struggles like he thinks he's supposed to be this type of person and someone's like well that's why you're not 
going to be successful because you're a fucking narcissist. Mm -hmm. And like all of this sort of like coming to Jesus moments, like wrapped up in one. um, It's just like you said, it's so intensely vulnerable and so opposite of anything else we see about stars making TV or content about themselves. Yeah. I think that this show should like get some serious consideration for being the best show um, when award season comes around. It doesn't absolutely. even get nominated for Golden Globes for best comedy. It's, it's, it's absolutely slept on and it's insane. It's crazy. This is like just high end television. And like what I think about is like when I watch the show, the reason it's so great is because it's an entire show that's funny, it's emotional, it's serious, it's sad, it's scary, it's everything that you think of but don't tell people and he is doing that Mm -hmm. so all the things that all human beings the internal conversations that you have with yourself the things that you don't like the things that are secret to you your struggles are 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 so public with him and so honest and open with him on this show and somehow it still cracks you up like he has a sense of humor through all of these things he deals with it through his humor he deals through it with his art and it's perfect so i think the show is on like an all-time high such a slow start to season two and it's been just perfection, I think, for mm-hmm. about four or five weeks now. Glad I did not drop off after like the first three or four, which were underwhelming. So, man, what a great fucking show. Way to go, Dave. Well, what do you got? <gasps> yes. All right, guys, here we go. It is the summer of Star Wars. That, that music is awesome, by the way. And it's we just wonderful. are on to the sequel trilogy, finally. And we are starting with The Force Awakens. What year does this come out? 2000-something in the teens. 17? No, 2015. 15. 15. Okay. 15. Man, do you remember how big a deal this was? This was a theater movie Huge. for us. Um, what a strong opening for the movie, too. And it just... Oh. I think this is the best looking Star Wars movie. I think that this is like the Star Wars that everyone has wanted. And I'm not saying it's perfect by any means, uh, but like it's not. No, 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 hear me out though. Like yeah. it's 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 what you wanted because we watched the original movies and visually they're impressive and important and to be respected, but they're not like they're they're so far away from what movies look like. The sequels come out actually at kind of like a bad time and even though they're cutting edge and they're important to where movies would go, um, they're at like the worst time of CG where it like doesn't really hold up. And this was the, like the, the prequels, fir- you mean? The prequels. Yeah, the prequels, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. And now these sequels um, come and it's finally like the Star Wars universe that you want to see visually. Mm-hmm. It looks perfect um a great great mix of cg that's really blended in seamlessly with practical stuff so like yeah nothing really jumped out to me as like that looks fake uh you know we may revisit this we're gonna be doing this podcast for 40 years we may go back and be like wow i can't believe we thought those sequels look so great that'd be a good problem to have um but boy do they they look just so so strong great casting really really great like one-off like little cute moments you know that that were just like kind of character-driven, fun quips and stuff. Um, I mean, I'll just say right off the bat, hated the story. Just didn't fucking like what they decided to do. But did you They ha- set up a whole thing of, like, just nothing original about any of it. So great writing for the dialogue and the characters and the look of it was fantastic and the pacing was good. All those things were fine, but the broad strokes of the story are... There's nothing that they're bringing. They're just remaking episode four. I mean, there's a parallel for almost every character to exactly who they're supposed to be. Like, to the point now that we've learned more about 
the film and what they were doing, it's almost annoying mm-hmm. to watch. Like, it's, like m- to, it's more annoying to watch this movie during the, doing a rewatch like we've done. Yeah. It actually I, pisses me off. And, so, and real quick, you can't, it's impossible to look at it from the lens of, I'm just going to think about this story only. I'm not going to think about what came after it mm-hmm. because that infuriated me even more. Yeah. The more I, I was unable to detach, like to partition mm-hmm. uh, The Last Jedi and uh, Rise, of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker from this film and like how unforgivable it is that they went in some of the directions that they did. Yes. See, this is the second highest rated Star Wars movie ever on Rotten Tomatoes. People loved this movie. And I think what it really and truly was when you have to remember this is it was an introduction to Star Wars to a generation who didn't have Star Wars. And so I think on that end, they killed this. I thought it was a perfect introduction. If you had no knowledge of what Star Wars was, you probably loved this movie. If you were a Star Wars nerd who was obsessed with everything Star Wars and had been following this for your whole life, it was probably a big disappointment to you. But I fall in like the middle of that. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm, I'm still not, in the middle of that. Yeah, I'm or probably I, I would say over the line of more towards Star Wars nerd as opposed to like knew nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, not not totally green about it, but I'm not like to the level of I've read all the books and I know all of the other you know non non canonical stuff and mm-hmm. all of that. But I definitely know enough about the universe to be educated and realize that this was not great. Yeah. I think the the number one thing they did is they wanted to start this movie and this set of sequels in the exact same spot as the first or the original trilogy started. And so they needed a giant dominant bad guy, which was the first order in this one and the empire in the last one. They are exactly the same thing. They are the same thing. And, and for I've... them to be like, you know, the first order rose from the ashes of the empire. They, they look the same. They have the same power or more. They're run by the Sith. It's the same exact thing. And now, what was the point of the original movies? They didn't even accomplish anything. Nothing. They've been fighting their whole lives, and they didn't even get anywhere. I like that. It's they... just sad. Like, dude, there is no good in the universe. It's just a big superpower the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of people in the world feel well, about the world. All right, that's uh, that might be fair. And, and here's what I think. Like, the this felt very authoritarian. I thought they did a great job um, with the visuals of their military, of the stormtroopers, of their attacks, um, the Nazi speech on the yeah, platform. All that with stuff all the was red so flags. cool. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's just get started. All right, all right, all right. So we start at the beginning on some random planet where. Um, uh, character we know he's Poe at this point, but at the time you don't really know who he is. He's there getting information from an old man. He has BB-8, his droid, with him, and then right away we find out we, we have visitors. These ships are coming. Um, Poe's trying to escape with some kind of important information. We don't really know too much about it at this time, and we get such an amazing visual of the stormtroopers coming in, mm-hmm. wiping out a village of people, and your new villain, Kylo Ren, who's obviously really powerful, and is Adam Driver, which we knew at the time, who was like a big-time rising star, which was cool to see. But then he doesn't even take the mask off for most of the movie, which mm. was cool. I thought it that was, was cool. so cool. He instantly was awesome to me. Like, his, yeah. his voice is significantly better behind the mask. <laughs> yeah. Like, just from like a, a brooding, you know, like evil person standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's, he's great. Um, instantly, he does more cool things in the first few minutes than vader does 
in I all mean, of the original the movies. People, freezing the bolt was uh, just so memorable. He's he's super violent. He lets them wipe out an entire um, he tells village. Them to, yeah, and I'm goes, telling you, what what I think is was was the biggest change in Star Wars um, for this movie was how violent it was, mm-hmm. um, and just by like the number of times they just wiped out people. I mean, they blew up an entire star, like system of planets. Like killing probably billions of people, <laughs> and like that would never happen. Before. Well, and there was blood. Yeah, there was we had, blood. We had never yeah. seen like, really just like blood. killing innocent yeah. people. I mean, it got. I pretty... just remember. I remember watching it, being like, "All right, um, so this guy is like our Han Solo. That's fine. I'm into it. He's you know he's doing a great job." Um, but, but Kylo he's, Ren, he's, this is clearly Vader. But wait a second. But then I was so interested in one of the stormtroopers being like an actual human um and that that character in this movie at least was new and different um having fn295 whatever finn i was like well there isn't actually a parallel to for that character yeah and which so, i thought was cool i was like really really excited at that point you go to what's the planet jakku jakku they were on jakku and that happened on jakku oh yeah but yeah, that's yeah. the same planet that ray is on correct yeah with the because she runs into bb-8 Bat- a r2d2 and luke and then if you're a big star wars nerd you know that the battle of jakku is the final stand of the empire post vader post emperor and that's where like the big you know star destroyer ships or whatever they're called um is crashed that ray flies through and is trying to get parts so from. that happened at like somewhere between episode four and, and yeah, five months after or no um, episode six, six and, and seven, seven. got it like months after six off screen like in star wars literature i guess okay this battle happens and that's their last stand it ends the empire well effectively apparently not and then um the em- people from the empire knew that that was the plan to end it but then they went off and kind of started the first order themselves so like kind you know, of the I don't highest want, ranking this members. is cool but i don't even really want to talk about this because it's not part of the movies and i feel like we're giving them uh, a big leg up we're giving them like a pass by filling in cool shit that they didn't ever talk about and wasn't part of the movie so you get this character ray who i think is so perfectly cast yep i love her um yeah, she daisy ridley's great she's not just like this is what i thought when i was watching it i want to talk about it from two different perspectives um she in a generation where we've changed storytelling to um, include women more than ever. And like the, you know, female hero um, is, uh, you know, a bigger deal than ever. It's more, it happens more than ever. She's one of the greatest women heroes of all time, but not just that. She She's as good as any hero in Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's so interesting. And maybe some of their writing was a little sketchy as they went on in the movies with her, but her performance and her character is so interesting to me mm-hmm. that it really carries the movie. And so I really loved her, her compassion for BB-8 and her bravery, um, her exploring you know, these unknown parts of, of her her life and things she couldn't explain was awesome. And so I thought all of that was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, her first scenes with um, Finn and uh, get, stealing the Millennium Falcon was perfect fan service, um, getting sucked into a ship. And then the, the moment I remember seeing in theaters when Han and Chewie walked into the Millennium Falcon and he was like, Chewie, we're home. Yeah. And the theater cheered, I remember. And I felt that even just rewatching it. Like, I just remembered that moment and, like, how exciting it was to have them come back like that. One little cool detail that I noticed in this rewatch that I hadn't before is, like, they did such a good job introducing Ray, like you said. 
Like oh, her scrapping, her going to Unkar Plat and getting like tiny portions of food and all that stuff was so cool. And one little detail is like she's sitting there cleaning the parts before she goes and sells them. And across from her is like a 95 year old woman doing the same thing, like this poor old lady. Yeah. And you just take a second for her to like, you're realizing that she's seeing her hopeless future. Like, no, yes. I will be doing this just to eat my whole life. Absolutely. Like, ooh. I also liked <clears throat> as as they were escaping and Finn is like trying to grab her hand. She's like, I don't need you to like, yeah. let me go. Like, what yep. are you doing? Like, I, I like cool. that they just killed that. Yep. Like right oh, away. It was, it was great. Yeah. So they get on the Millennium Falcon. They end up on this ship. And I, I thought this was actually my least favorite part of the movie on this ship with the like Rothnars, yeah, Rath oh, yeah, yeah. or something. And they were like these big giant squids with like big toothy faces kind of thing. I don't even know. They're all told like if you have, you have to have a goofy monster in your Star Wars movie. Like it's just, you have to, even in Rogue One, one of the dumbest things was like that stupid, like mind reading monster. Like, Paul Gullet, Paul Gullet. I, I, I didn't like, like it. So dumb. That whole scene didn't work for me. Yep. I actually thought that was the worst part of the entire movie. It made the least sense. They hand-waved over the entire thing of, like, you were this close to the Millennium Falcon and you couldn't find it. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. it happened to randomly go into the exact, of infinite directions to go, <laughs> yeah. it came yeah. right towards your ship. I know. I, uh, I didn't like that. I yeah. thought that was bad. So eventually they um, end up on whatever planet and they go to, what's her name, Maz? Maz Kanata. Maz's yeah. castle. Lupita Nyong'o's not black character one of those deals but still anyways. cool though i liked yep. the character i thought that whole place was cool yeah they see some kind of interesting creatures you get this moment where ray is being pulled by some kind of sound some voice some something she can't explain the force it leads her directly to the basement where she finds what we know to be anakin skywalker and then luke skywalker's original lightsaber anytime you go into like mm-hmm. an aztecian like basement you're you're on the right path. Yeah, you know, you're yeah, gonna yeah. find some cool. Go shit. down there. Yeah, I thought that was cool, and like I thought her like being afraid of the unknown and of the force a little bit there was also a nice touch. Um, she runs from it as the uh, you know first order shows up, and I loved that. Unlike Star Wars, where it's pretty much like nameless, faceless stormtroopers and characters that show up, that like Kylo showed up to take care of business here, which was, was pleasant because that didn't happen enough in the original Star Wars movies. Um. Yeah, but, like, he sent all the troops down to go and, like, recover that droid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll h- let you handle it. And then he doesn't, they don't show him doing some other important thing. And then when they fail, he's, like, so mad. And that's when he throws his first Kylo tantrum. Well, he like, went well, after, no he went directly after her and the robot. Yeah, after a, a time and when he needed to, when they had already failed. And they're him. all fighting, and he goes after her. And, like, him, his show of power of completely freezing her was so cool. Yeah. Um, the battle with Finn taking the lightsaber. And like at this point, you know, it, it seems so obvious that we're like, well, the, the Jedi is going to be, you know, is Ray. Ray's the Jedi. But like, I think when they were making the movie, we didn't know if there was going to be one Jedi. I think people mm-hmm. probably thought Finn was going to be a Force user too. Mm-hmm. And so when he's using the lightsaber, you're kind of like, well, maybe there's going to be multiple Force users. And at this here. point, I'm like, Finn is going to be like the second build character. Yeah. I thought he was going to be a very, and he was so good in it. He's so good. And he had his, a lot to do. <laughs> I liked, though, when he used the lightsaber because he. They did a great job of showing you he was uncomfortable and that he very wasn't, clunky. He wasn't yeah. natural with it at all, um, but he was brave and he was willing to just fight. Also, what was the weapon that they gave that stormtrooper? It like, was here's an electric. Hell yeah, that uh, thing was sweet. But thing was sick. It was like yeah, a, but like it's completely useless. There's like it's fighter st- jets all over the place. Yeah, and, peop- and 
Chewie has a bowcaster. Like, you have a little, like, nightstick. And if you're going to tell me it's made to take out lightsabers, which it was very effective, there are no lightsabers at this yeah. time. And There's just, like, the chances you're going to run into a lightsaber on the battlefield is not going to happen. Dude, dude it was, kinda but got, it was cool. Dude kind of got owned by a dude who, like, picked up a lightsaber for the first time. No, like, he, he can't no, be that effective. He didn't, though. He was standing above him about to fucking know, execute like, him when he got shot. But, like, yeah, yeah. Finn had, like, taken some good shots yeah. himself it wasn't like a one-sided fight it was yeah. great i liked it i thought it was cool i thought the whole space fight there was cool i thought poe poe po, like that scene of all of the mm-hmm. x-wings flying across the lake the river ocean yeah. whatever it was was fucking awesome it was like great that, i had visually, a note for that i was like this is as cool as uh x-wings have ever looked that scene where they're following you know one across the sky while the battle's happening mm-hmm. also in the foreground yeah was just i mean brilliant like i said this was the coolest and best looking star wars movie in my opinion so eventually we get to some planet we believe to be ilum which uh if you played the video game you know is like this jedi kyber crystal planet like a snow planet um and that's what most people believe is star killer base mm-hmm. and you get this awesome speech by uh what's his name hux weasley yeah 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 the shitty weasley the shitty percy weasley or whatever yeah um, General Huxtable, though, or Hux, so good. He's he a great character. It's especially not Huxtable. <laughs> he's not from the Cosby Show. Especially, For a second, I was like, Hux is his nickname, right? He's Huxtable. Especially Fuck. in this in this first Who's movie. Who's more evil? We don't know. He's so good. He gives this authoritarian speech, and then, like, in just kind of shocking fashion, they kill like five or six planets worth of people. And this was like some real genocidal violence that was was touched on a little in the in the I just prequels. I'm sorry, but to me, this was the least shocking and the biggest eye roll moment ever. I'm like, okay, so it's, it has to be better, but it's still the exact same movie as four. So of course they need to demonstrate the weapon. Last time it was one planet, so this time it has to be five. Got it, got it. I was really eye rolling at this. But point. they also I killed the entire like government. Like, you're kind of like, how could they rise and take over again? Well, they just murdered the entire government. They yeah. just blew up the capital. And, like, suddenly all of the politicians were just dead. But they didn't really, like, they didn't really talk about, like, what the impact was going to be. I mean, other than the fact, that, like, we'll show them that this is our true power. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like all we want is power and we'll kill everybody in, in, in our way. We understand that. You didn't, we didn't need this. To, to I thought that the visions of the people like right before they died was really cool. I mean, yeah, there was a one planet they were having like a New Year's Eve party. Yeah, and, and then like, like they oh, see it shit. and they're all freaking out and then the planets just all blow up. So, I mean, this was them just seizing power. I mean, at this point now, the First Order is in charge of the galaxy yeah. as they've just killed everyone who was in place. But aren't yeah. they already like in like how many troops and planets <laughs> and weapons and uh, Star Destroyers do they have? Yeah. Like I who's, think, who's opposing them? But I think that you have to realize that like in Other the than galaxy, the rebellion. they are it's huge it's not like earth where you could just like see everyone like these people were probably spending 20 years building an army out of sight out of mind and then showed up and were like yeah we also just took this former jedi planet and we turned it into an absolute super weapon i thought it was cool the planet looks great and then yeah, it, uh, you have, it looks great you have a whole scene where um they're trying to save ray um, who is taken by Kylo. Uh, there's a cool scene where they're both kind of attacking each other's minds using the Force, which was awesome. And you have a great scene with Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig as a which was uh, awesome. faceless stormtrooper. Which, when we watched it, nobody knew that. Nobody I didn't yeah. find that out until months after the movie had been released. Um, but you have uh, a rescue mission led by Han Solo, um, Chewbacca, 
Finn. And Finn. And they go in, they break in, which was really awesome. They fight Phasma, who was the worst character in the whole movie. The and fact like, that she lowered the shields is the biggest plot hole of all time. And also another unforgivable J.J. Abramsism is the fact that he came out prior to the movie and was like, Captain Phasma is one of my favorite characters yeah. ever in the Star Wars universe. And it's like, why? She said like three <laughs> things. Did he well, not see well, the edited cut? Did she have all this awesome stuff to it was, do? It was also like Gwendolyn Christie coming off of like Game of Thrones peaking mm-hmm. in like 2015. You know what I mean? I think that was probably like season five, Sounds season right. six time. And so we're like, Gwendolyn Christie is in Star Wars. This is going to be fucking awesome. And she was absolutely worthless yeah um so in this though they end up getting ray who's kind of first discovering her force powers um they go to rescue her of course they just run into her because she's already escaped yeah. they decide- which is awesome another one of those i don't need to hold your hand yeah, moments exactly Great. they decide that they need to do something to try to destroy the super weapon and so they try to take explosives to blow up the weapon so that it can't kill more people this is a little too late after it literally killed the solar system and then <laughs> They they go to do it, and you get what I thought well, was a cool scene. Well, they, look, they, I gotta just hold on. I gotta grape one more time, real quick. Yeah, it was it was it had already killed the solar system, like you said, but then mm-hmm. it was also sucking the light from another sun. Yeah, so it was gonna do it again. So that's yeah. what which, they were by the way, if you kill a sun, you kill the system anyway. So like, are they killing two every time? Anyways, um, the scene where they're all gathered around the holograph table and they're doing their plan. I, this is where the movie officially lost me the first time and this time. They are literally saying things like, so it's like the Death Star. No, it's much scarier this time. And everyone's kind of, it's like almost tongue in cheek because they know it's so stupid and Mm -hmm. they know they're running it back. And if they can't take themselves seriously, then I'm sorry, neither can I. Yeah, it's very on the nose with that. Yeah. So you get a great scene here where Han goes to try to save his son who he feels he has lost. Um, He has what I thought was a great, final scene for Han here. Dude, when Harrison Ford yelled Ben, yeah. like at the top of his lungs and it like echoed and reverberated throughout the inside of that, that was a very cool, they're a very cool moment. I thought that this was some really good acting in something that doesn't always have great acting from, uh, what's his name? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah. I thought he was so good here. You you really, the first time, you, you did, probably didn't assume he was going to make the, the good choice, mm-hmm. but he made you kind of waver in like, where is he going to go? Is yeah. he going to be a good guy? Is he going to stay bad? Is he going to kill him? Like, what's going to happen here? And so I felt like that was so well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lighting was so cool as the sun, the next sun that they sucked up disappeared and the red came over his face. It was like a reminder pretty much that he was you know maybe on lost this, this and dark path and I, he, I mean his and they they had pre done this scene with him like sort of kind of praying or whatever and he's like you know i feel it the pull to the light and, and that was one of the mm-hmm. ch- that was a moment that i get chills at every time yeah because it's like not talked about like you don't ever hear from the villains about how they might be tempted by the light side yeah and then i guess you know ultimately they're gonna sort of fulfill that but they never really explored it like i wanted him to so he go he gets he kills his dad stabs him and uh, there's a moment where where han touches his face in his last moments i thought this whole thing was super well done it was it was good i he, mean well yeah, like they, they nobody he, thought they were gonna kill off han solo right away it was a big shocking it was and when he moment. stabbed him initially was like oh shit i just did it and then like was like shoved it in just a little bit further and then he says thank you yeah so there's a th- pretty i saw up. this meme the other day scared. that was like there's like a tweet or something it was like there's this 
theory, non-canon theory, that Han Solo actually activated the lightsaber himself. Um, and it kind of, if you listen to the dialogue, it's like, I need your help. And they both have their hands on it. And he, although he does have a surprised look on his face when it happens, it's like, did he know that the only way that he would be able to do this is because... If he if he killed him, then Han, you know, Adam Driver wouldn't have made that step himself, and then he also wouldn't get killed by Snoke because if he hadn't done it, he would have been killed by Snoke, and he, you know, Han Solo knew that. I don't think that really happened, but um, I think that's given way too much credit. Probably. I, so they go. So he gets bl- blaster shot by Chewie. Chewie. Yeah. yeah. The bowcaster. And then they go outside. Which, which, real quick. Yeah. They've never really explore, explored like the power of Chewie's bowcaster. Yeah. But leading up to that, they showed like stormtroopers getting shot and blown back like twenty yeah. feet. Yeah, like, they kind of made started. a bit about it. Yeah. Because everyone was like, "Oh, all he had was like one laser blast." Like, no, 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 no. That's it's the bowcaster. Like, this yeah. is a big fucking gun. This yeah, is like yeah. getting hit with a sniper rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your hip. So he gets shot, and then he's like pounding on his wound when he goes outside to fight against Ray and Finn, which I thought was an awesome Just touch. frustrated that he could be hobbled in he's this way. He's bleeding yeah. into the snow. He's injured, but he's like using it, which was pretty cool, I thought. He throws Ray against a tree, which was cool, and then Finn decides to take the lightsaber and battle him. At this point, you had never seen anyone else with the lightsaber, so for all we know, he's just going to wield this through all the movies. Take up the mantle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He fights with his back against the wall, even catches um, Kylo at one point before Kylo messes him up, slashes him all the way up the back. Mm-hmm. You don't even know if he's dead right. at this point. And then you get... And that's pretty much last you hear from him in the movie. They kind of show him at the end, like, okay, he didn't die, but that's all you know. He's I out. think that this is the best moment of Star Wars before the last episode episode of um, Mandalorian happened. Okay. Um, the lightsaber in the snow, it's wiggling. Kyle's trying to grab it. It flies past him into Ray's hand for the first time. Great moment. It's yep. one of the best moments I've seen in a theater, and I think it's one of the best moments of Star Wars. It was such an exciting moment, and then Ray has an awesome snow battle that looks as cool as any lightsaber fight we've ever seen um the lightsabers in the snow the steam coming from the lightsabers everything about it was perfect Mm -hmm. and i very memorable i really liked this i thought it was so well done um he's obviously wounded she's obviously like weirdly powerful without really any also not wounded from hitting a tree but (laughs) not wounded from hitting a tree um but i don't know i thought this was awesome she really gives it to him extinguishes his lightsaber slashes him across the face cuts him in the leg and the shoulder i mean messes him up pretty good before the planet starts to break up and they have to escape i thought this was awesome i thought it was cool until the the ground split in half yeah perfectly some of that stuff um i mean really like you nailed it right memorable well acted uh beautifully shot all the flashing lights on their faces Mm -hmm. i mean just about as cool as it gets. The dark, the dark. I force. was annoyed that I'm like, dude. There's no consistency in lightsaber training and skill. There's just none in the whole fucking series. So maybe it's just on point. Luke was just, you know, just as good as anybody else with no training. Um, and then Ray. I mean, like, there's like this trope that mostly probably was invented by guys where it's called the Mary Sue. Have you heard of this? Where no. like people that complain about movies. Um, where it's like usually a female character that is just very naturally good at everything. Uh, and that is upsets guys. Yes, it usually does. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. So, But it is a little hard to explain why she's so amazing. She she was a junker. 
Why? When would she ever flown? She hadn't flown shit. The flying bothered me more than yeah. the lightsaber. The lightsaber yeah, didn't bother me. But then me it at was all. on top of that, and then she's like tr- using you know force powers she hadn't trained for. Um, so at this point, you just have to assume, well, this is the most powerful Jedi we've ever met, and that's she, fine. Yeah, and I'm I, okay with that. I didn't mind the sword fight at all. I I thought the flying was weird because she was like, I've never been flown before, and I was kind of like, okay, that's weird. Then yeah, and they're like, we don't have a pilot. But she's like, she's like, yes, we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. All that stuff was a little much. I was okay with it, and then you have to remember that kylo was badly hurt and so i yeah you know maybe they played it up a lot i don't know if they could have had him almost like half swinging or limping more yeah maybe they kind of ruined it i don't know but it it bothered me uh, a little less this time than other times so then eventually she leaves to uh with the map um to go to luke skywalker to bring him his lightsaber seeing luke at the end when he slowly turned around and made a bunch of really weird faces um i was excited like just remembering seeing it for the first time i was really pumped about what was going to happen having luke back in the universe was cool r2d2 came back to life yeah i was i was pretty into some of that stuff so i think you guys are being really harsh on this movie well also really really quick with the with the whole end thing there are all of these characters that you could send to meet luke be like Mm -hmm. hey han let's send a well no han was dead but like let's let's send a familiar face if we're gonna if we really was on the ship and then didn't even go see him and like he stayed back. They're like, uh, no, we're gonna send some random girl that yeah. he's never met before. Yeah, but a random girl that we now yeah, know has right. the f- has the force. But kind of like you're you're trying to get Luke back into the fold. You don't send some rando, right? Didn't bother me. It was so yeah. cool. I think that you guys are being harsh on this movie. I think it would have been cooler if I've always been harsh on this movie. Yeah. I think anything, you're being I'm more being harsh on this movie though because you know where you think where you, how you feel about the trilogy. One hundred percent. And I yeah. I said that at the beginning. It's very it's hard, hard to partition right. that. And I think that you're disappointed in the trilogy, and so you're kind of seeing the beginnings of some of those disappointments. When I think that in isolation i think this was a cool movie it is i I definitely i definitely loved it more in 2015 or whatever when we saw it in theaters than i loved watching it this week i was this was the most bored i've been actually trying to get through any of this rewatches you guys that is a ridiculous i just felt like it just didn't have much to offer like maybe because i've Uh, seen it more more often and more recently but i'm much more excited to watch the last jedi and i'm more excited to watch well sure but like this is this movie was 600 times better than one two and six like Not for in, sure oh uh yeah maybe phantom no. menace return the of the jedi clone i do War, have it above like, those ones it's way they better than way better than solo but like, i still like i guess just from like you don't you know the movie doesn't have to be perfect for you to like enjoy watching it and think it's interesting and you're yeah. taking notes this is a rewatch it's a different experience than just yeah popping it on so for me i was like i just it fell a little flat for me and the same things bugged me again that i'm like why would they do the same fucking thing it's like Eric, I also think you're... Just remake it. Just You wanted a remake. Just remake it. I think you're defending it a little too much as well. Like, if, if, if we're being a little too harsh, I think you're being a little too protective I think in that way. that most people feel the way I do, as it's the second highest rated movie of all the Star Wars movies. Maybe. It's a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's critics Return only. of the Jedi is a 94. I'm sorry, The Empire Strikes Back is a 94. Most of the other movies are distant from those. So people loved this. People were so excited to have Star Wars back in their life. And I think that's what this was. And it was was Star Wars for a new generation. And I I guess the other thing is, is that I didn't really like Star Wars before about this time. Like, I didn't really like Star Wars growing up. I didn't really like Star Wars until, like, around 2015 when this came out. And it was kind of my introduction to why I should care about this universe. Mm -hmm. So I guess it probably means a little bit more to me because I thought that the old movies all suck. 
before. And I don't now, like going back and rewatching them and like knowing and, and being interested in the story, I, I care about them more and I'm more interested, interested in them now. But for most of my life, I thought Star Wars was stupid. I thought it was like nerdy and lame. And then this movie came out and I was like, I should go back and watch it all. And so I, th- I think maybe that's why I like it more than you guys. Okay. I agree. Well, so let's do a score. Yeah, my, my score in 2015 would have been on par, like above 90. Mm-hmm. I think now it's more like an 80. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say 81. I think my score is probably like an 88. I really liked it. It was it was far from perfect, but... Had great moments. I really great really, memory moments. Looked perfect. I really had fun watching it. It looked just how I want Star Wars to look. Mm-hmm. Agre- um, agree which was completely thrilling. on that. Thrilling yeah. at the time. Yeah. Uh, especially the space and the, the f- like fighter pilot stuff was so good. We are getting... The best they've ever done We're with getting it. like a, a Rogue Squadron... Yeah. Like TV show, right? Yeah. It's going to be like all space X-Wing battles that and shit. Be... Like, I can't wait for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's going to be good. Especially if it's done in the similar, like you said, that shot where it's like following like one X-Wing and it's Poe, obviously. And he's yeah. like just slaying people on the ground and, and TIE fighters and everything. Like, I, I can't wait for that. I think the visuals on this, you guys are absolutely right. We're wonderful. Story, a little bit lacking, hence the 80. Yeah. All Mix right. of good and bad writing. Big, big overall strokes, bad. Uh, the details, the moments written, the characters, very, very good. Yep. Perfectly said. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies Podcast. Check out our sports cast later this week as we, uh, we give some ideas on where we think Minnesota sports teams are. Until then, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies Podcast.